I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Pants. Hi. Hey. <laughs> hey. 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 I thought I was going to be late, actually. I'm glad I got home in time. I was just fighting traffic up the hill and I thought, oh, I think I'm going to be late. And surprisingly, I wasn't. But I give you, I give people lenience of like five minutes. So in my, my head, you were not late at all. Okay. I just heard a story about a friend of ours who always showed up early, like 15 minutes early. Like Kim was like, I'd be getting ready for dinner. And she, she would say, I'm just so hungry. <laughs> She's 15 minutes early all the time, which I think is kind of sweet. I appreciate punctuality. Always. We've talked about that. We, how we respect people's time. We're on, t you know, you have to be. I was always raised that it's very disrespectful to leave people waiting. Right. If you're on time, you're late. Exactly. Yeah. Especially in this town. Have you noticed that? Well, people are just really... But we have traffic here. So that you th that is that thing where you're kind of like... You need to factor that in. And there's really no excuse anymore with the Waze and the Google Maps. I know. Now it tells you how long it's going to take to get there. So if you can't figure that out, you're just rude. We need to be somewhere tomorrow. And it requires a little bit of a drive. And there's no excuse to be late because I'll plug that address in in the morning and see what time do I have to leave to get to this destination at that specific time. Right. No more excuses. Exactly, Kate. No, everyone stop with the excuses. But credit to the two of us, because that's something we bonded on very early. We, I always found that you and I were always the first ones to arrive at whatever thing we had to be at. Everyone else would be late, but you and I. It's probably where we got to know each other the best. Yeah, because no one, no one else was there. I had to talk right. to you and you had to talk to me. And then we just expected it from each other from, for the next 20 some odd years. And also, and I say this again for the two of us, if either one of us is ever late, there's a damn good reason for it. Oh, yeah. It's a real thing. Well, I promise I'll keep that going. I mean, I have no plans to break it. I, have, I, I, can, I can assure you of the same thing. Look at us thriving in life. <laughs> it's the little things. It's in the details. 
God is in the details. If this is all we have, it's pretty good. Be punctual. Respect time. Speaking of being punctual, I had to bang this one out today because I looked at the clock and I was like, oh, I I forget sometimes I have to watch the show before. I know. I know. And then I sent you a picture of someone on the show. And you were having a meltdown. And I said, I already had that meltdown because I had to bang it out yesterday because I knew today I had zero time. Okay. And you were like, I was 12 hours ahead of you because I already had those emotions around that photo. Yeah. Yesterday evening. (sighs) It's something else. I had to get it off my chest. I was like, what's... There's times where I, when I'm, when I'm a little strapped for time and I think, I wonder if I could just fake it, see how much I remember without watching the episode. And then... There's no way in hell. Precisely. And then I watched this episode and I don't, like this episode, I remembered nothing. I, Kate, it was like it fell from the sky. And I'd never seen it. And someone said, you should watch this. And you were pretty heavy in this one. Like heavy as in lo- a I was lot of say, scenes. You were pretty heavy in this one too. Huh. I think I was heavier in the last one, but maybe it was in third person heaviness. I don't know. But we there was quite a lot that we each had to do. I remembered none of it. I did remember once it started like the KCRW bit, I was like, oh, it's this one. Right. Yeah. But the whole thing is like watching it for the first time for me. I mean. Yeah, you're a little worse than I am. Mid-season of the one we watched last year and this season, and I know for the ones going forward, in the middle of each season, I'm not going to remember anything. I'm usually really good at remembering things that happened at the beginning and the end. Like the bread. You just don't remember what's in the sandwich. I don't remember how I made the damn thing, no. Yeah. Well, what'd you think? What was your, what's your overall? I loved it. I loved it too. I mean, are we saying that because we're in it? No, I said last week I didn't like it. I'm clear when I don't like it. I mean, we're in it always, but like we were kind of more in it. No, no, no. It had nothing to do with... We're like, we love it. It's a good one. It was a good episode. It made sense. I mean, listen, there were... Listen, I have thoughts. I know you do too, but it, I liked it better than last week's. I did too. It was It was stronger. I thought the narrative was really there. It's like moving things along. It had like a little spunk. It had some youth and some spunk. Yeah. Who who wrote it and directed it? Because I don't know. Okay, so it was written by A.M. Holmes. Great writer. I mean, come on, right? Amazing, amazing writer. And it was directed by Allison McLean. Allison McLean. Well, she did a banging job. So nice, nice work, Allison. I wish I had a better memory of this. Um, it aired April tenth, two thousand five. So it had a cold open where I was like, uh-oh. Like, I really, like, the second it started, I was like, oh, no. But then I remembered why. Did you think that it was, like, Brokeback Mountain? I did. I was like... But I thought, what is the music? I, it felt like a Western. Well, I'm thinking that through the whole thing. I know. But, I, of course, you're thinking it through the whole thing. You, 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 how could you not? But in this, in this scene, I'm thinking Brokeback Mountain, but... What is the music choice behind it? Because it doesn't match the theme. I, yeah, I got to say, I don't remember what it was. I just was so disturbed by the setting that I was like, what is this going to be? I was disturbed by the, the audible of it all. Okay. Well, just to explain it, it, it opens... In 1985. On a Western set, 1985. Yeah. It's a flashback. And we see an actor. They're 
like rocks and cowboys and a yeah a woman in a little house on the prairie dress. You're kind of wondering, is this really happening? And then you realize, oh, it's a film set. And it's right, the, which made it all go away. I was like, OK, right, right, right. The Burr Connor film set. And Burr Connor is Tony Goldwyn. Tony Goldwyn, I'm sure you know, he was on. What's that show? It was a scandal. big hit. Scandal. And he was in Ghost. He played Carl in Ghost. He sure was. He was the bad guy in Ghost. He's always playing the the the, the smarmy bad guy. Well, he has those little eyes that kind of like you're not sure if he can trust him. Yeah. So I think he gets cast like that a lot. And Tony directed a number of our episodes first season, and he directed a number of episodes second season. And then we didn't see him after that. I don't know why. Right. He th- probably thought, hey, I'm up here. I might as well put myself on the show. Well, he was great. I think he's, listen, Tony's a great actor. He's playing Burr Connor, who was a very famous cowboy guy, you know, kind of like. Yeah. Who would you liken him to? I don't know. I was trying to. I was thinking if that film. Like Rock Hudson. No, I think it's too. It's. I mean, that's, I mean, obviously earlier, but I'm trying to think of the the reveal we get later as sort of. Is he like a Robert Redford? It's like a, it's like a Butch Cassidy and a Sundance kid, I think, sort of buddy western film that's the impression i got and i thought if this film comes out in 85 that year was tough competition there was good movies came out in 1985 right but you know cowboy movies were popular the whole time Yeah, but that was the year back to the future came out the color purple out of africa right well that's probably when burr connor's maybe that's when he was going on his decline yeah the decline started mm-hmm. okay so he is shooting this Western, and then he goes back to his trailer. He sees another trail trailer rocking, so he goes over, and Rob, no, Rod Sebring was having sex with a PA, so he pulls him off a PA guy, so he's having gay Clearly sex. Clearly they're fucking, and nobody knows. Yeah, but it's another guy, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. gets really upset. He throws him off, throws him out of the trailer, and Burr yells at Ben, like, what would happen if people found out about that? What are you doing? So basically it's... We learn he's a closeted Hollywood case. And now we get to see... And we're, then we're in present day. And we're in present day with Alice and Dana, who are still in the stage of waking up cuddling. Well, that's... You do that for a couple of years. But you two are like on... till you're like, you know what? You're hot. Like, you're too hot. I can't cuddle. I know, but you're, you two are just on each other. And that's... And that's you're in that place. And that whole episode kind of proves that because the whole episode, you two pretty much stay in one location for, I'd say, 70, 80 percent of the hour I watched. Yeah, we do. Well, we're in we're in that like you don't leave the house phase. Exactly. You're in that phase of I want to cuddle you all night long. But then we both realize it's the week has gone by. We've been having so much sex. We don't realize what day of the week it is. And we kind of have to get up and deal with our lives. I have to come up with an idea for a KCRW radio pitch because I'm, I'm going in for a job to be a radio host. This is the beginning of Alice's entertainment career. And well, I have thoughts on that later. Okay. So this is it. It's like the launching of out of it, her, her career out of journalism. Where is she going to take it? So she's got this audition and Dana hasn't been training. Anytime you hear punk rock music, you can pretty much cue Shane. It's a Shane. It's a Shane scene. I noticed that too. I was like, okay, so this is like yeah. edgy girl music. It's angst. It's very angsty. I don't need it. It made me laugh. I was like, are oh, they really bringing it home with Shane? Yeah, with the music. Who's admiring a, ba- a black eye 
in her mirror. And I um, thought, yeah, you're really like an ear black eye. And it's like, has Shane realized she's hit ground zero yet? Or are we not there yet with the character? You tell me. What do you think? I think she's hit. I think she's hitting ground zero. I think I, I felt that as the hour went on. But what she doesn't know is that at the same time, she's looking in the mirror. Mark is watching her from his Pornhub shed because he is. Set well, of up course he is. That's all he does. The camera. Well, what? I, what? Well, if this was in 2022, this whole scenario would be a horror film. Yeah. Well, I I kind of find it to be that anyway, back in the early 2000s. And he's so obsessed with you. Like his obsession has become. Pro- but now it would be like a film that everyone would go and see. Yeah. Like you're definitely going to get killed. Right. Yeah. And because ev- everyone could relate. Every woman could relate to weird men doing weird fucking shit. Th- to say it again, I think it was also happening back then. But like he's more they're spinning it more like he's. It definitely was. But we're more aware now is what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Gomi is. Is like you have have like your heart up for this girl. Like he, Gomi thinks Mark is massively like he's got a huge crush on you, or he wants to be her. I can't listen. I'm still. I think he wants to be you, but but Gomi's like I'm still there. I'm like I, I can't. I can't decide. Do you want to be? Do you want to be with her, or do you want to be her? I can't. Well, what figure, do you think? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Well, Gomi really thinks it's a crush, and he's like. There's no chance. Well, it looks like that from the outside, for sure. Especially from Gomi, who sees Mark in one mode at all times. Right. And we can't have, and we we can never, ever have an episode without a scene in the planet. And then... Well, that's, that was our house. We're in the planet. That was our house. And Bet and Tina are... Having tea? What the fuck is Tina wearing? I, I need to talk about what Tina's wearing the entire episode. She's wearing, well, in this scene, she's wearing a rug, an area rug <laughs> as a shirt. Which she doesn't have to do anymore because she's, her pregnancy's out. Like she can, she can switch it up, but she's like, nope. Because Tina's been on this Helena crazy train. I wonder if she, in this, she's looking at Bet thinking, eh, not so bad. Well, everybody's looking at Tina like she's just like the one to get. But yet her clothes. No one bothered to take her shopping. Helena. Nobody's like, you know what? I love you and I want to be with you, but we got to do something about your clothes. Helena, stop impressing Tina with your fancy rental houses and your hotel suites and take her shopping. And take her to Barney's. Please. Yeah. And get her makeup done while you're there. Just going to throw that in. It was a heavy eyeshadow episode. There was a lot of blue eyeshadow. But what are they talking about? Because we're just sort of riffing on the clothing. What, what What's the point of this scene? I don't know. They're having tea and... Are they figuring out some I sort... Don't, that's like, I'm going to go to therapy by myself. Tina's like, that's fantastic. They're, are they trying to figure out some parameters of their relationship with this upcoming child? Yeah. What are they going to do with the baby when the baby comes? Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's proactive conversations. Then they're both working to get along with each other. Yeah. And and Tina's very out with her relationship with Helena Peabody. Like, I guess this is like a full-blown relationship now that everybody's dealing with, including Bet. And Tina's not hiding it. She's like, I'm well, going to see. Again, not a lot of time has gone by because... Shane's eye, if a week had gone by, I believe Shane's, I mean, listen, maybe Shane's a, maybe Shane doesn't heal very quickly, but usually after like a week, that bruise turns a little green and I didn't see any green around the eye. 
I see a full on black eye, which means it's fresh. My computer was so dark. I couldn't tell what your eye was, how, what phase it was it's, in. It was, oh, I guess it was clear yesterday on my TV. It was fresh. I don't think a ton of time has gone by. You needed to take Arnica and you didn't. Yeah. Or she has deficiency in iron. Wouldn't shock you me. You need a banana. Okay. So. Supplements, Shane. They want to, they just want to focus on being good parents. That's their goal. The rest is just, they're not going to be together. Okay. Then Carmen and Jenny walk in and they're in a full relationship again. I thought they broke up. They're doing a walk and talk, which is so obviously Vancouver from the background. I think Jenny's outfit was missing one thing. A hat? No, an extra necklace. It was short and necklace. This whole episode is necklaces. It, we should. It, 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 it. I, you're jumping because I couldn't wait to get to this scene when we all sit down at the planet. It's so many necklaces. But it starts now. Everywhere. She has like 80 pearls around her. Around Everybody her. has a thousand necklaces on. Later at the planet. There's, I've never seen so many necklaces. And I like Carmen in her faux free city gear. Remember that? I know. <laughs> I noticed that too. But I would understand if one of the characters was a jeweler and she was like, I need, I'm going to make you all of my friends. I'm going to make you all wear my necklaces. Mm. But there is no excuse. And nobody is in rea- reality going, I have a lot of necklaces on today. I can't believe you have a lot of necklaces on today. Interesting. We're all accessorizing. The point of the scene is that Jenny is sharing her story about her writing class. And uh, Carmen says, I I think you kind of have a crush on her. And Jenny wants Carmen to be jealous of that. Can you explain when they got back together? Because last there was that episode. Uh, Well, I think that this, well, Alicia, the slap and nap clearly did the trick because. (sighs) Okay. I thought that was a tearing. But also between the slap and nap. Hold on. Between the slap and nap and. Carmen basically calling Shane out on the couch saying, that's it. I think she, in in that week, she has, she's committed. But you know what? If she was. She's committed. She's like, I'm going full Jenny. But not in this episode. She sneaks around a door, closes it. And you guys have these deep talks. She it doesn't mean the emotions have changed. She's. I know, but she's playing. She's trying to convince herself that, you know what, Jenny is in the right direction. That's where I need to go. Although my heart doesn't feel it. My head is telling me I should. If I was really into Jenny in this like early throes of passion, really interested, maybe I'd be a little prickly that you're crushing out in your teacher. But none of that is happening. So she doesn't care. And Jenny wishes she would. So she's just fooling herself. I mean, 100 percent, 100 percent. They make a terrible couple. Sorry. They're the worst couple. (laughs) I don't know, but so are Tina and Helena. Dreadful. Dreadful. It's the episode of terrible couples. Minus Alice and Dana, because I think they're cute. They're cute. But of course I say that. You guys aren't moving in, though. You're just in that happy, coupley, warm, cozy place. But we make sense. Like the other four, I'm like the, the, the pairing, the pairings, terrible. Mm -mm, It's bad. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Rocket money. I used rocket money again last week. How many? Are you okay? I don't know. You have a lot of subscriptions you forget about. You know what it is? Because I get these apps and you have to pay for everything you get these days. And I think, all right, well, I'll use this for a few days but and I'll cancel it. But I forget. 
And, and you, you have forget to have every your... week that you forgot last week. Yes. Thank God you have Rocket Money. Before I started using Rocket Money myself, I thought I had about like, I don't know, six subscriptions. No, Kate, I had like 15. 15? Yes. I was like, clear it, clear it, clear it, get rid of it. And Rocket Money is like, we have your back. Because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. So you can start to grow your savings. Plus, Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pants. That's rocketmoney.com slash pants. Say it, Kate. That's rocketmoney.com slash pants. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, so Helena pulls up in some car and then she walks in. Helena is like redefines the U-Haul lesbian. She puts Robin to shame. Oh, Robin doesn't even come close. Helena showing off with the money. Do you like this million dollar rental I can get? The problem with Tina and Helena is that it just doesn't feel earned. Whereas Alice and Dana, Bet and Tina... Al, uh, Shane and Carmen when we get there like all of that's earned so you're in it and this is just from zero to a thousand well but not only that Tina's sitting with Bet in the planet Helena walks in and is like let's go look for real estate yeah in front of Bet it's all like what the calm down I'm sorry but what the fuck Tina's just like okay yeah I'm doing this bye Bet what I'm feeling it for Bet in this episode because you can tell she's just dying inside every time, and she's trying to keep the the, the stoic face, but it's hard. Seriously, me too. <sighs> okay, then we're actually in like the valley, probably where porn. We're, no, we're actually probably in Kitsilano. That's where we are. Yeah, we're set at in in the valley where all the porn is shot in California, and Mark and Gomi are meeting with a financier for porn he's like let me see some of this footage they're spinning it like they've got the greatest lesbian footage of all time meanwhile mark's like i'm not ready to show it it's more of a like a piece and gummy's like yeah but it's lots of hot sex does mark not realize that he could get sued or do those release forms uh actually relieve him of any responsibility i'm i don't i'm not i don't think shane and jenny read the fine print if that's the case. But yeah, he's trying to sell his, he's trying to sell to the sleazy producer that, oh no, I made 
I made this amazing documentary without any of the subjects knowing when you guys just want to. Right. But also he's selling it like it's a like a full sex thing. And meanwhile, he's trying to be a documentarian. Gomi's in the middle somewhere. Well, he knows the producer doesn't want what he's offering. He's like, I want this and I want that. And Mark's like, all right, I'll try to cut something together, knowing that no footage he has is going to satisfy that. (sighs) Okay, so we're with Helena and Tina looking at rental properties that Helena is now going to rent because the chateau has gotten ridiculous. It's just something to her. So here we go. House number one. Horrible taste. Who does that in front of a real estate agent? Then they get, well, then they get on the table when the real estate agent is probably down there ready to show like the second bedroom and they start having sex on the dining room table. It's her kink. I can listen. I can tell you right now that doesn't happen right before we started. I was with my real estate agent and I can assure you that does not happen in front of real estate agents. I've. I've never seen it, never heard of it. And if you do do that, you should be put to shame. It's horrible. Also, there's always the other real estate agent, the one showing the house. Yeah, like, there's two He's of them. taking help. This is hers, right? He's taking Helena around. Where's the guy when you walk in or the woman, you got to sign the thing, you know, sign a piece of paper that you're walking through. Where's that one? I don't care where that one is. I just think Helena and her kink is and and why and Tina, like you give Bet such a hard time with your boundaries and your this, but this woman is crossing him all the time. <laughs> There's no boundaries with public sex. No. <laughs> and you're fine she, with it. Tina can't wait to get on her back and just like get it all happening. Can she? Or she just goes along with it because she's like, Well, I guess maybe this is the best I can get if I don't if I don't get back together with Bet Porter. Who knows? You it think was, that's what's going through her mind? I don't know what's going through her mind. I don't know any of it. It was just a thought. Now we get to go back to Dana and Alice, who have still not left the bedroom. And Alice is working on her radio voice. Oh, yeah. I'm starting to pitch, which I laughed because I was like, it's kind of podcasty what's happening before podcasts existed. The funny part is, is that Alice doesn't realize she is going to have a future in radio and it's called Pants. That's the best part. It's the best part. <laughs> it's the- <laughs> It's amazing. It, the, the whole thing really became real. And then you have Dana, who's this high performance athlete working her little muscles with that with that barbell. It's so cute. The one love, dumbbell. I, she's all. I fucking love her. When like, she did the tricep one over behind her head. It was like so cute. No, it was adorable scene. I have no notes. It was just very cute. Yeah. And I was trying to sound like kind of posh. Like KCRW style. You don't trust yourself. And what Dana's saying is it's your voice. Your voice is great. And you're trying to put on this effect. Yeah. And I don't get it. I keep pitching these ideas. Like, what about this? And they're all like very, you know. They're not you. The point is that they're not you. I think actually, did you pitch? No, I think this is in a later scene. You pitched You pitched an idea that actually is an NPR show. But we can get to that later. Oh, did I? Okay. Did. Maybe it existed back then and that's where the idea came from. But. I, I, well, I'll bring it up. We're at Shane and Jenny's now. Again, when you hear the punk riff, you're always going to be at Shane and Jenny's house. Always. Well, we have to be. I mean, there's only so many locations. I think Gomi is a... We're in, it, Gomi and Mark... No, are, it's, you're about to leave and, and your stalker, Mark, is like, hey, where are you going? Where are you, and you're like, um, I'm just leaving. Yeah, but prior to that... Oh, no, you're right. Is it before or after? Because then he goes back into the shed. Then he goes back in the shed. And Gomi has a great line. 
because they're going through all the footage and realizing they actually have nothing to give to this producer. And Gomi's like, all they do is talk. Maybe they eat. I was like, that's that's pretty much it. It's kind of what. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what we do. We process. All right. So we have a big scene at the CAC. (sighs) Okay. So, okay. Listen, Leisha, we both won. We both won at the top of the scene for two reasons. My Backstreet Boy came through your favorite door. And that's how the scene started. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's like a video. I was like, oh my God, we both scored today on this one. We need a little meme of Leo <laughs> coming through the bad door. I And then the scene ends with them leaving, my Backstreet Boy leaving out of your favorite oh door. And God. what's his face closes Somebody it. please make that. Who knows how to make memes? <laughs> I really need it. We'll send it to each other all the time. Uh, okay, so Franklin, I don't know. Let me just just do a cliff notes of this scene. Please. Leo's got some artists. He wants to pitch. Bet's like, I'd love to be a part of that. Franklin, Franklin's like, no, Leo's got it. And Bet's like, okay, she, she's frustrated and eats a candy bar. Which she deserved that, that nondescript Snickers. I wondered if Jennifer really swallowed it or if she was like, because how many times would she have to eat that candy I bar? I would bet that it was a some sort of protein health bar. Right. That they put in some little wrapper. In a, in a candy bar wrapper. But Helena, to, to Bet's defense, Helena's a termite. She's burrowing into Bet's life in every way, personally, now professionally, and she cannot get away. And it's all by design. If this was happening to me, I would probably call the authorities. I would say she's over here. She's over there. I would just leave Los Angeles and find another job and just say, you know what? You can have it. I'm out. I would defeat myself and just leave. I've had this happen a little bit where somebody's like infiltrated my world and you're like, okay. And it feels like how, when uh, someone like, ocu- like when someone occupies your like, it's like. But wasn't that your fault? <laughs> <laughs> it was your fault. I don't know who you're talking about. So I can't answer that question. I know who I'm talking about. Ah, it was your fault. No, not the one I'm talking about. The one I'm talking about. It was your fault. Okay. Well, the other one, the other one. I know who the other one is. That was by circumstance. Yeah. So I'm just saying like there things like that happen, but on this level. The one I'm talking about falls into the Helena department. Okay, Kate. It's all my fault. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's it's okay. delicious. I'm Moving never, on. ever, ever, ever going to let you live that one down. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. It's the year I like <laughs> to forget. <laughs> and Betsy eating a candy bar. The thing I forgot to say in there is that Helena is going to be on the board of directors. A very important plot point that we all need to dig into. That's get a hot bet. Okay. She's put herself in the board room with bet. Like she's at the CAC. Like Helena put herself into CAC. Okay. Okay. We're back at another rental home, which Tina's walking around like she's in a house that was <sighs> on the cover of Architectural Digest. Mm-hmm. Suddenly up for rent. That is the most written about beach house. It looks nothing like that. It is not. It's on It's on Broad Beach. Broad Beach is so far away, most likely, from the first house they saw. I wish I had cars and transportation the way these gals do on the show. Imagine how much you'd get done in a day. I mean, I get like three things done. That's it. Tops. And, and, by the, and you're exhausted. Oh, my God. I go to bed at nine. Good night. Mm-hmm. No, they can get a lot done in a day, but this house is not anything physically like Tina's explaining it. Uh, like 
if maybe she like if it wasn't there in front of my eyes, I'd be like, oh, that sounds great. But it's it's not that kind of house. But here we go. They're walking through another bad house. And it's got eight bedrooms, apparently, because who the hell needs eight bedrooms? And then Helena gets a phone call and she the way and the way she speaks, I am assuming it's to her lawyer. No one should ever be spoken to like that. I know she might be frustrated. Whatever. The way she speaks, I mean, I Tina, red flag number 400 at this point. Um, and then Helen is like... Well, it's about her children. It's about custody. I know, so but she's like, it was just like... She, she just went... I mean, she answered the phone and instantly went to 100 with whoever was mm-hmm. on the other line. And I'm... She takes the house. She's like, Tina, do you like it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Tina's like, it's... Bet, oh, and Tina was like, Bet read about this house. Bet loves this house. And then Helen is like, I'll take it. And of course, that's code for, well, then I have to get it then done. Yeah. And then we go to see Bet, which is later that evening. She gets a knock on the door and it's Winnie. At her house. Bet's at her house. Winnie, Helena's ex, is at Bet's front door with the two kids in tow. Now, answer me this. Who called who? I think Winnie called Bet, and because she asked for something in the scene. So I'm assuming she's like, can I come over and talk to you? Because Bet's like, oh, I didn't know you were going to bring the kids. And Winnie knew who Bet was because she knew that Helen, because she met Tina and did a Google search on Tina and found out that Tina was dating. She met Tina getting cunnilingus. I understand. But did she figure out who Tina was with by a Google search and say? Probably. Okay. So Winnie's in dire straits and the kids come in. I've seen Apple laptops through the whole show. So I'm assuming people have Google. So where two kids come in and they start playing with something and Bet's like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't don't play with that, honey. That's a Richard Prince. And I didn't realize Richard Prince. Richard Prince is a I did a photo shoot with Richard Prince, actually, like many years ago. Yeah, he's a great he's great guy. But I didn't know he if that was I didn't know he made that kind of art. I guess he did. And because Bet doesn't have a television. In her house, she uh, she offers to have the kids go swimming and put her in a liability. Great idea. And Winnie's down for but it. But she got in with them. True, but still. It wasn't like, let's watch them swim. I was like, that's a big commitment. If he had a TV, you just stick him in front of the television, have a conversation. Yeah, I don't think they have a television. It's nowhere to be seen. Okay, so... We're back at Alice's. And this yeah. is your idea. This is Alice. Alice is like coming up with ideas. And she says, how about a podcast where I get... Three different points of view, like from the right side, the left side, and from the moderate center side about trends. And there's a show on NPR called Left, Right, and Center. I'm sure that was around and they were just like, let's take it. Because it's a great idea. It is a great idea. But hey, Alice came up, you know, obviously with Facebook. So I wouldn't be surprised if she came up with that as well. I'm really shocked at this point that uh, at this point in Alice's life, she doesn't realize that she's going to have pants. She doesn't know yet, Kate. She doesn't know yet. She doesn't know. She's leaning into what feels right, but she just doesn't know how it's going to come out. You guys, you guys are on the couch. Really cute scene. Aaron, I love Aaron. Aaron plays a really convincing gay. Oh, yeah. She's great at it. But I could. And and I again, I have to watch everything with subtitles these days. And I'm glad I had him on because if I didn't have the subtitles, I never would have heard what Alice whispers in Dana's ear about her secret desire. Oh, I heard it. I didn't. Which is, you want to... Well, first of all, let's just say before you go there, Alice is still pitching ideas that aren't like her. And and Dana's like, but you're funny. And she's like, I don't want to be funny. She's like, but you're be yourself. Be funny. Like the whole idea of this arc is that 
Alice doesn't know to be herself will be the thing that brings her success. Right now, she thinks she has to be something else, which we all do. And then you're like, oh, you just be genuine. Dana's 100% right. So, but what is Alice's secret desire? Oh, so I whisper, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know what I want you to do? I want you to fuck me with a dildo. That's the whisper. I'm glad I had the subtitles. Yeah, I mean, she seems fine with it. I think she's just like, oh boy, we gotta, gotta figure that out. Yes, it's yes, of course. Why wouldn't she be fine with it? You know, I know, but you know, you never know how Dana's gonna react because she's Dana's got like a whole like Dana's transformed into a totally different person. Like she's become a woman. Yeah. Yeah, self-possessed. Self-assured. self yeah. And then back at Bet's house, the emotional espionage has turned into babysitting with Bet in the pool. And I... Oh, yeah. And then here's the big ask. I was like, Jesus, Winnie is like, come to court. I want you to be a character, Wicked. And I had a thought, did, did Winnie and Helena's lives just begin when they came to L.A. and met Bet and Tina? Like they have no one else? They know they have no one else in life. It does appear to look, it's, it does, yeah, it looks like that. The whole world is small in the L word. It all exists in one block almost, don't you think? So I can look at Jenny. She came all the way from the Midwest. She hasn't left the block. Jenny from the block. Well, this story, this, we'll, we'll get back because there's a time cut. It gets a little more convoluted. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Again, you hear a guitar riff. Cue Jenny and Shane's house. Carmen's walking down the hallway. Shane goes to leave her room, sees Carmen's coming down the hallway and very poorly shuts the door and tries to avoid it, which obviously didn't work. And just the angst is permeating off the screen. Well, it's the first time I saw Shane actually in the position to be bullshitting herself as well. Like where it's like, she's like, I think you finally realize how you feel about Carmen. We've all seen it, but it's the first time you're kind of acknowledging it. And Carmen's like, I don't even think just Carmen, though. I think everything I like that. Whatever happened last episode, I don't think she looks at herself very proudly right now. I think she's probably ashamed of herself in some way. I got look, look what I did. And then I got in this fight. And now I have this black eye to prove it. I know. And, and Carmen's like, what? who did this to you? I'm going to do something about it. And you're like don't worry about it. And you're like, you just want to be friends. And she's like, is that what you want? It's that whole tension of like, you don't want to overstep, but like you guys. That sort of like- the un- unrequited un- love. Not even just unrequited love. It, I think I think at this point, maybe it's deeper. I think it's just, I just don't, I think she's, Shane's a bit ashamed of herself and how she's behaved. And now she's in, now it's done. Like damage is done. Carmen's moved on. It's too late for me to do anything. I'm, I, I can't give her what she wants, like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I did this. It's just, you know snowball effect of like you're in a shame spiral yeah exactly it's not the last time it's going to happen but it's certainly one of the bigger times and yeah i like this angsty shane carmen thing it's it's working yeah i give credit to the writers too because we're in episode what episode is this seven eight eight look how long and they've stretched this out and we're not even there yet you gotta stretch it out it when things come together too quickly i know but it's because they thought it through they thought it through and oh yeah, I respect that. Thank you. Because yeah, always you're, you're 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 invested. We're next door over at Bets, and basically, okay. So Winnie's been like, "I would love you to show up in my court hearing and 
as a character witness to Helena's poor behavior. And then Bet's kind of like, well, why, why should I do that? And why, why are you with her? Right? Well, we learned that Helena's game is that she... And that it's like Helena never wanted kids. Yeah, but we learned that Helena's whole routine is that she finds vulnerable, vulnerable people and she spins them into her web. And Winnie was one of those people that had to do with theater in New York. And then she she was like, and then I got my whole play was underwritten by Helena. And then I was living in a five story penthouse in five bedroom penthouse in Manhattan. And like, so I'm like, so Helena buys women. What Winnie doesn't realize is is that in about maybe seven to eight years, she's going to win an Oscar. She doesn't know that either. I wish I could tell her that, too. Doesn't it feel like these two are about to have a sleepover? Yeah, it's very intimate for two strangers, but it, what I don't know. But the ice cream in the kitchen, like the chicken nuggets and then the ice cream. And they seem more like a, a real couple than anyone else on the show. Like we might as well ship Winnie and Bet because I like Winnie. They're kind of their domestic life is a l- lot more realistic than anyone else's. I think uh, I think Winnie, this is Winnie's last episode. It is when he's gone. Mm hmm. Well, we'll see. We still have next week. Okay, back at Shane and Jenny's. Okay, so you're all on the couch. Or Jenny, Carmen, and Mark are. You're not there. And they're watching Burr Connors movies because Jenny's doing research. Apparently, Carmen's a huge fan since she was a child. And it's all about Burr Connor. It's a Burr Connor scene. First of all, one of the greatest things about being a gay lady is that you don't have to have... Tell me. You don't have to have a man living in your house. And there's Mark. That is one of the perks. Yeah. Loafing around the house and plopping down on the couch and he's acting normal because Shane's not there so he can breathe a little easier. Mm-hmm. And I thought, these girls don't want him in their house. They don't want him. They didn't. I mean, he's a roommate. That's a roommate, though. And at one point, Jenny is. I, Yeah. And I think at one point, I think I saw Jenny and Mark holding hands. There was a kind of a cuddly. We love Mark thing. Since when? Uh, you know what I what I think? I, there were a couple of smirks too, like you had one with him too. And I think it's because Eric was kind of like becoming a friend because we were all up there and we would like hang out with him. So it's the blurred lines thing. But like the character, I think everyone got a little confused. Well, I, I kind of, I, I agree and I disagree. I There always is that sort of, you know, blurred line. But at the same time, you have to have, you have to establish, and I think this happens later on in this episode, you have to have some sort of, you have to have these characters. Acting? No, you have to have these characters <sighs> be vulnerable or be open with Mark and like invite them into their world because what he does later on is so betraying and horrible that it it makes it worse knowing that like, oh, I invited you into my life. I didn't hold you at arm's length this entire season you've been on. Like I've, 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 I've encouraged a friendship. Right. So you're going super cuddly right now. Well, they are, Not me. Jenny and, and Mark well, are. No, you have a moment with them, too, in this episode. True, which but comes we're not later. holding hands on the couch is what I'm saying. No, but it's like, oh, Mark, did you notice his like 2005 jeans at the bottom, the way they went over his sneakers? No, I noticed his 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 blazer, uh, his blazer he wears with the with the screen printed writing on the back and Roman well, lettering. Well, he was trying to be Shane. That's what I thought. I think so, yeah. But that jacket probably was selling for $1,500 at Maxfield's at the time. Jesus. To think that's wow. what we were thinking was cool. I thought like, oh, he's trying to rip Shane's look to try to understand her. Oh, for sure. Well, apparently everyone's an old-timey Western movie fan. 
in this group. Yeah. Okay, then we go to church. The big scene for Shane. You mm. are confessing and we learn a lot about Shane. I was like, well, there's a lot of answers. You're from Austin. I needed, I really, really, really needed this context. It, Me it too. Added, <laughs> it added some, I think after two seasons, we're due. And yeah, well, I really, I feel to this day, I was like, oh, I didn't know that about Shane. It was a nice reminder. Exactly. But she, yeah, Austin, that, that we knew, but her, she would go to church. She raised Catholic? No idea. I think, yeah, I think that, I think that's where the, the stands are, the confession stands. What do they call them? It's funny that she liked going to confession. It is because I went to Catholic school for 13 years and especially in grade school, it was. And you don't know if this is Catholicism that you're. Well, no, what I, well, let me finish. It's like, it, it, but the character says, you know, I like coming to confession. Like she likes it. And having gone to Catholic school throughout my childhood, I had to go to confession. It was mandatory. And it was, and I would just make shit up just to get the hell out of there as soon as possible and get away from the priest. Like just a bunch of bad stuff that you really didn't yeah, do. Yeah, they're like, the teacher would be like, all right, Kate, it's your turn. You can go in to confess. And they'd be like, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. I, uh, I took a piece of gum and, you know, I did this. That's it. You can say four Hail Marys and whatever. You just give your sins. Point is, I made shit up because I thought I don't have anything to fuck to say. And you get given like a Hail Mary and a Our Father and you're forgiven. Well, you say why you like to give confessions because you don't. But she hadn't had. But at the beginning of confession, at the beginning of confession, you always say, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It has been X amount of time since I was here last. And these are my sins. That's how you began. It took six. It was 16 years that Shane hasn't been to church. I want to get into what we learned. We learned that you like to confess or get in the box because you can't see people's faces. Yeah. And you can't see what they want from you because everybody wants something from you. And he says, what do they want? And you say sex. Yeah, I didn't get that. I can't. I don't know how to deconstruct that for you unless I don't. I, I'm just learning. I don't need to. I am too. I thought maybe you had a you had a point of view because if you're looking at me for one, I don't understand. I feel like well, you ran away when you were ten from your foster home. No, the sex. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the sex thing. I'm saying we're. I'm saying. Well, you were d turning tricks on Santa Monica Boulevard. No, I understand that, but she's talking presently because right now she's. And you do bring a lot of people home. I get that, but right now she's saying everybody wants something from me, and I don't feel like I have anything to give. And he says what? And she goes sex mainly. So I'm sticking sort of to the immediate circumstance, and she feels sort of like pulled to be something she doesn't want. And I thought, is sex? It's not thing? immediate. It's your whole life. But sex, it's like, but it, everything that's happened recently, like this carbon thing is like triggered something in her. It's more than that. Because you actually like Carmen. So your whole life, you're just like, keep people at a distance. You sleep with them. I don't want to commit. I don't want something from you. Please don't want something from me because I'm never going to give it to you. Let's just keep it on this level because I that's how I feel safe and that's how I feel in control. And she says, but everybody wants something from me and I don't know if I have anything left to give. So it's right. more than that. It's more than just sex. Because she's challenging your heart. She's like, you're starting to feel something in your heart. So you're kind of like, I can't just have sex with you, Carmen, because if I do, I'm going to fall in love with you and I'm screwed if that happens. Your mom was a drug addict. 
So basically, but at 10 years old, you were in a foster home. I know. And it's sad. Could you imagine running away from the foster home, going to the going to this church? Because that's where you knew your mom went. Oh, that was really sad. Anything else you remember learning about your character? I it just actually I, I forgot about so much of it. That's the thing. Well, it's good. It's good backstory for season three of Gen Q. You can bring it all in. I mean, you know what, Leisha? Trust me, I considered that. And I thought, I'm really glad I know this. And it makes me like, I'm really glad I know this because it it, it, it gives... You could have helped Finley last season or two seasons ago when she was going through her church shit. It's, listen, you didn't know, you didn't remember. But I don't think she wasn't, but I think the church thing, it was more of a, I, there was a safety, there was, a, it resembled safety to her. I don't think it was the God thing. I know, but you guys could have gone to church together. No, because I don't think Shane gives it. I don't think Shane cares about going to church every Sunday. It's like church represents something different. It's a it's a safety. It's a a memory of safety. Where and, your mom might yeah, be. It's yeah, it's different. Like I think, but I thought, oh, that's deep. Okay. Confession. I personally hated it, but Shane likes it. Well, back in a not deep scene, Allison... Dana are getting ready to leave the house for the first time and they're both littered with hickeys. Which I was like, oh, that's cute. Where it goes after this, I was like, that's cheesy. But I thought it was cute when they saw all the marks on their bodies. But then it goes, it goes off the rails later and I'll, and I'll judge it to death when we get there. Okay, so we're at, the, we're at the planet. This is the scene of all the necklaces. Oh boy. It's like Mr. Mm-hmm. T came in and was like, started taking him off his neck and putting him on. He's like, all hey, of I us. don't want these anymore. You girls want them? And you start give and you st- you all started fighting each other over his necklaces. Yeah. So we come in with these scarves and turtlenecks and here's the shit. I was like, this is and you guys are you- oh wait, you're not there. Ugh, you're so lucky. Everyone in this scene is so weirdly obsessed with the fact that Dana and Alice have had sex that we literally talk about it. The scene for like five minutes, everyone's like, they're having sex. Oh, my God. Sex, sex. You guys, sex. Let me see the hickeys. Oh, my God. Look at the hickeys. Stop. Don't look at the hickeys. Oh, my God. How much sex have you left the house? I was like, people don't do this. This is the first group. This is the first group scene that involves more than two or three people that we've had in a very long time. Yeah, I was. I was like, oh, it's a big group scene. Which I like. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's a ridiculous. And, and Helena, of course, gives... Alice, her her uh, Hermes vintage scarf. I took it right off. Did you take it off? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm a bet. I'm Bet's friend. I don't. That's what the thing. That's the thing. I like Bet now has all this pa- knowledge, and knowledge is power. She has all this intel because of, of of Winnie, so she knows who she's dealing with. And Helena is inviting this group of people she doesn't know to out to fucking Broad Beach. Like, no thanks. And Helena is working the wrong crowd. Where the hell's Broad Beach, by the way? I don't even know where that is. It's not close to West Hollywood, but Helena is working the wrong crowd if she thinks that this group is going to drive over there and not stay in alliance with Bet. Well, she drops a bomb. She's like, Tina and I got a house today. And then Tina corrects her. It does matter because we're all looking at Tina like she's insane. And Helena is more insane. Like, who is this woman we've never really hung out with? For a housewarming. Just because she's been, she's invited them. just celebrate it to begin with at the table? She's like, Tina and I have gotten the house. And da, da, da. And we're all supposed to like, oh, it's amazing. No, we don't know you. We don't know you. And Bet is sitting here 
And Tina, what the fuck's wrong with you? I mean, this is what the scene should be. Mm -hmm. But we all look at each other like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. And she's like, yes, please come over. Let's let's have a party at Tina. And Tina's like, no, no, it's Helena's house. It's Helena's house. But still. Also, when Bet said, oh, you two can come join, come sit down. Tina should have been like, we're good. We'll go to a two top. Mark Scarity's offended Shane. You're making a really cute sandwich. And I, and I thought to myself, I haven't had a sandwich in a really long time. That's funny. I have a sandwich waiting for me when this is over and I'm starving. You do? Yeah, and it's really good. Are really? You, is it all you can think about right now? Sort of. Is it toasted bread? Because I no, was like, Shane, toast the bread. gorgeous, fresh baguette, like half a baguette. Well, you have a full-blown sandwich to get back to. Let's get, hurry up. I know. Let's wrap it up. So, okay. So you're making a cute little sandwich, Mark's like, have I offended you? And th- this is where he tells his story about the samurais and how, uh, who cares? Shane has such an odd, complicated, it's just, it's just a complicated trauma that this girl has. And she never shares that with her friends. Have you noticed? It's easier to share it with strangers. And I think that's why she probably like seeked out Mark instead of Alice or anybody else. And oh, it's like we're not even friends. I know nothing about no, you. But I, it, I haven't seen the bruise. I don't know about the. And I don't know you, about you know, any you of You see it. it later, and nobody bothers to ask. So you know, I'm just saying. Oh, really? I get why this relationship is forming. It, it's it's he's creepy as shit. I know that, but I understand where it's coming from because it's. Again, I think adding for me at least a little more context to Shane and because he's essentially a stranger. So she doesn't have, she hates disappointing people. Well, she wouldn't disappoint him because he's not her family. She doesn't need, she doesn't know him. She doesn't care. Yeah. Well, he tells you some story about the samurais. And if you save someone like he saved you on the beach, then he's forever indebted to you. So he's like, I'm your servant. And you're like, okay. So he puts your sandwich making fixings away. <sighs> okay, then we're at Burr Connor's house. The big scene for Jenny. Burr Connor is now in his interview for the ghostwriting. Is he retired? I never got session. I yeah, he's it. retired. Okay. He is retired. Yeah, he's done. He's done. Oh, when Jenny drives in before this scene, when she drives in and she's at the intercom, somebody explained to me what the hell music was happening. I don't know. Does anybody remember this? I know. I don't know. I had to turn it up. Because I was like, what's happening? I thought maybe something was happening in the background. Don't you ask yourself that question every time there's a music cue? Yeah, but this one was very noticeably strange. Okay. Yeah. So, Well, some are, worse, some are worse than others. It sounded like a bunch of little like kittens crying. You're like, it was like that. Okay. So anyway, Burr's like talking about like his process and Jenny's like... He's basically vetting Jenny to see if she can be the one to ghostwrite because she was rec- she was recommended by Sandra Bernhardt, who somehow is friends with Burr Connors. And everything's going swimmingly until Jenny says the word girlfriend. And suddenly his self-loathing homophobe. Yeah, the ha- his hackles go up. He's But you don't know it right away. But she's like, yeah, my girlfriend loves your movies. And he's like, oh, is she a tomboy? But the energy shifts immediately. And he basically cuts an interview that probably would have gone on for like another hour short. And he's like, all right, thanks so much. I'll let you know. And Jenny says, are you getting rid of me because... Are you firing me? He said, well, you never really had the job. Right. Well, you're firing me because I'm gay. And what was his response to that? His response was something. He doesn't want it flaunted. It, yeah. So we get a real 
some real insight, but Jenny hasn't picked up on it yet. No, she just thinks, who is this homophobic asshole? I don't want the job anyway. Exactly. So now we're at the planet. Alice, of course, is there with her computer because that's where else would she be? And I got to give I got to give I got to give props to Kit for stealing the chef from AOC. Yep. To come work at the planet. (laughs) How did you do it, Kit? I know that was a real steal. So I'm working out my Pam looks gorgeous. Oh, she always always looks gorgeous, but. And she's being a very kind friend listening to another. She's bad always pitch, a kind Alice friend. Has. Kit is the most selfless character in this entire show. Somebody needs to be selfless because everyone's very wrapped up in themselves. So we need we need it's always Kit. Kit, always there to lean on, always there to, you know, always there for advice, always there to give you a pair of polenta tart if you need one. Always there. Yeah. So she's hearing another bad pitch that Alice is going to go to this interview and recite. And she's also giving the like, I don't know about that idea. But anyway, nice hearing from you. She leaves. In walks Gabby DeVoe. Okay. The, you know, the really... Good flashback. Good flashback. Yeah. Which is played by Guinevere Turner. The abusive girlfriend of Alice's. And also it happens. Whenever you're in love, exes always somehow sneak back into your life somehow. Well, of course. I mean, they're always around. And it's also very LA to find out that Gabby is now dating a new girl She's madly in love and she's dating Lara, this Lara, the sous chef. And it's very Los Angeles. I guess maybe not even L.A. It's probably everywhere where two exes are bound to come together. And they kiss and they're in front of me and Alice is freaked out. And <sighs> Lara asks, how's Dana? Yeah. I'm like, she's doing great, but I don't reveal that we're together. No. And I'm like, nice to see you guys. And I leave like in a hurry, obviously. All right. Then we're at KCRW. It's the big audition. Alice is doing pants. And I'm about to do pants in the future. Also, we have better mics than KCRW, I'm just saying. Well, it was a long time ago, too. Well, we have better mics. Should I do that voice on pants instead of this? Mm -mm. Okay. It's a great scene. It's a great, great, great scene. So anyway, I think, well, the whole thing that happens is I'm a about to do one of my bad pitches. But before I'm like, oh, the craziest day today. I ran into this ex and I'm just telling this producer Mimi about my day. She puts the guy in the booth to push record. And so basically my story of the day becomes, I guess, what the chart's going to be. Well, Alice is just riffing saying, hey, nice to meet you. I'm sorry, I'm late. She doesn't realize that that's the show. And that's what Dana has been telling her to do from the moment you brought up this job interview. The whole time is be yourself, be yourself. And you did it. And Alice did it without even realizing it. And she blew the two people out of the room and she got the gig. She got the gig. And Alice is now in entertainment. Great scene. I could have, I could have watched it for another 10 minutes. And now Alice is doing pants. Chart the pants. And then we uh, go back to CAC and there's a board meeting with Bet. The Backstreet Boy, all of the bigwigs and Helena with an artist that I believe she has brought in. Am I right? And she's trying to show up bet with this artist. And if there's anything you do not do is do not you fuck with bet about bet. art because she will cut do a bitch. Do not get in bet's way with art. And just get out of bet's house, Helena. Like you didn't like this is not your. Can I say one thing I noticed? Yeah. Okay, so basically, Bet one-ups everybody in the room and is like having a conversation with this artist. 
And, you, you know, they're just like, they know everything about everything. And I could never recite it back because it was all above my head. Mm-mm. Well, also because Bet went to college and like the artist knew the whomever that was the connection. And this artist remembered Bet for a, all of it. Yes. And then she but Bet wrote a piece on it after a season of hell. And she couldn't believe it because that's the piece that really upset her. And OK, I'm going to say it. Did anybody notice a parallel? Jen Q last season with Pippa. It was literally verbatim the same scene. No. Tell me the parallel. Let's hear it. She's like, I, when she when Bet became obsessed with she, Pippa, I wrote my piece <gasps> on her back in college and I chased her all over. Oh my God. The, did they rip that off without the world to see that piece and that piece? And I, wait, was it ripped off without understanding? <laughs> I don't think it was ripped off consciously, but it was like literally the same scene wow. of Bet's history of like, Bet- how she became obsessed with this artist. That wrote a lot of papers in college. She followed her forever. She's written papers. I watched, I was the only one to see a season in hell on the opening. Oh my God, you saw that. Yes, I saw that. That was all Pippa too. I want, I need someone out there to like. You're right, Leisha. I'm sure everyone who's going to listen, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this right now is thinking, oh my God, you're right. Look, they always say there's only three stories in Hollywood and we always get repeated. That's sort of like, the joke around town. And uh, there's an example. And Bet's got Some are two. more literal She's than others. Still. More obvious. Yeah. I don't think anybody did this on purpose. I think it just was like, no, that's Bet. It's just like, this is what it is. This is an idea. And I was like, did she say in Gen Q, I wrote my thesis on your pa- on your painting or your piece? Because I was like, well, she kind of said that to Pippa. And then I was like, maybe that's her line is I wrote my thesis on you, which is a really great pickup line, if you think about it. Or she just had to write a lot of term papers and got very invested in each artist that she was writing about for this said term paper. Anyway, everybody's like aghast. They're just. I think you just blew off everyone's heads for who are listening to this right now. I need like a back-to-back scene. If they haven't thought of it, if they haven't thought of it already... They might have. I don't know if I'm the only one who noticed. Some might have. Others haven't. And I could be wrong. It just felt the same. Okay, then we're okay. Back to Shane and Jenny. I'm curious to see. We're not. We're not with Shane and Jenny. We're with Shane and Carmen. And Jenny comes home, and somehow Carmen is there. Does Carmen not have her own house? They're sitting out in the back porch, and Carmen is. Uh, or Jenny's telling. Yeah, where does Carmen live? Couldn't tell you. Jenny comes home and tells her about her day, and I'm curious if this is the only episode we get where Jenny and Carmen are happy together where they're trying to, where you're seeing them function in a relationship. It's amazing how many characters. That's pushing it. I don't, I mean. It's amazing how many characters there are in this episode. Uh, And not just us, but, you know, now there's Carmen and there's Helena and there's Winnie and there's Mark and there's Burr Steers and all these people. And yet within this hour, we managed to devote really good time to each one of these stories where nothing feels shortchanged. You know how hard that is? Yeah, it was. It felt pretty equal. You're right. But for that many characters, so no one can ever use the excuse of, oh, well, there, there's just too many characters. What do you want? Ah, eh, you can do it. Like this episode proves it. Yeah. Well, here's, we're going to, this is the big wrap up to the episode. And plus you have your sandwich waiting. Yeah, but I do. Basically, everybody looks like they're getting ready to go to Helena's new rental party, right? And so we're at, with Alice and Dana 
And Dana's really proud of Alice for her day at KCRW. And then she's like, oh, I ran into Gabby today. She leaves out that she ran into. Yeah. Why does she do that? Laura. But she's like, because she kind of wanted to sense what I think what Dana was going to say about having an XB in your life because she doesn't want (laughs) Laura to be in their life. So it was like a test. Like, oh, I don't need an X in my life. And Dana's like, yeah, no. Oh. Yeah, I get it. I didn't think that Dana would have such a uh, a hard stance opinion of, I don't believe, being friends with exes. Well, she she's only had two. She leaves Lara out of that. She says, I couldn't be friends with, um, oh my God, I forgot her name already. Tanya. Tanya, yeah. She's just, she, Alice is testing the waters. What am I about to deal with? Is Lara back in my life? Because I know you really loved her and I could be screwed. So I'm not going to tell you yet. She's around and she's at the planet. She's not just around, but she's where we live. So then Helena has a huge sushi plate and nobody's come to her party. And she's a bad loser. She's not happy. She's like, is this how people act in L.A.? Hold on, hold on. I wrote, I wrote this quote down. because Oh, you wrote something down? Yeah, yeah. I wrote this quote down. She says, is this an L.A. thing? You invite people over and they don't show up? First of all, L.A., you have to make appointments to see your friends. That's how it works. Nothing is spontaneous. You're like, hey, what are you doing next Tuesday? You want to have dinner? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. That's how it works in L.A. Yeah, there's a bunch of schedule. Yeah, scheduling. Scheduling. You got to schedule everything. And that was that's a big adjustment when I came from New York because I was used to spur of the moment. Let's go out for a drink. And everyone said, great. How's how's your how's your next Thursday? Yeah. Well, Helena's fresh from London, right? New York, I think. Right. Because of Winnie. I wish, I only wish we had the sushi plate from her party. Also, Helena, don't move to Broad Beach if you want people to come over. No one, nobody wants to drive over there unless they already live there or in Venice or someplace. West side and east side in this town are like two completely separate entities. But I did want the sushi. I will, I will give that to Helena. Good spread. Uh, I want to go to Beth's house. No, I wanted to, I... No, I wanted to go to Bet's house. I wish the sushi plate accidentally got delivered at Bet's. But we were ordering really delicious sounding pizza. Yeah, I'll take that. So anyway, the, the big reveal is the whole group of friends. Oh, no, you invite Mark. Well, Shane goes then. No, Shane, Shane and Shane's doings by the shed and says, hey, since you said that thing where you're now at my service, and I request that you come on to uh, come with me to Bet's house, which... I get it. We have to establish some sort of friendship. So the betrayal cuts deeper later on. We'll get to it. And then the big reveal is that all of these friends have not decided to go to Helena's. They show up at Bet's back door. Bet was not expecting company. She thought all of us were obviously going to go to the big fancy house in Broad Beach. And nobody gives a rat's ass. And it's family night. And we bring pizza and we have wine. It's so cute. I loved it. Yeah. My heart, my heart leapt. And so did Betts. She's so happy. She looks, we're all talking about our day. Mark's ordering pizza. Apparently, Alice got the meat lovers. And Mark really made himself at home. Really? How does, does he know? Yeah, like, he, I know well, he, somebody's got to order the pizza. I was happy he did it. Okay. But does he know anyone else outside of Jenny Shane? And, I just wondered how he knew Alice wanted meat lovers because I didn't say it in the scene. But he's like, Alice would like a meat lovers. We've never probably met, but he's sure. But he knows my pizza. He was like, I know what Alice likes. This scene really solidifies that these friends are family and uh, I love this group of people. Like the chemistry in this scene sort of 
Yeah, I thought it was great. I loved it. And I liked, you know, Jennifer slash Bet's face watching the group of friends. It was all very tender. Yeah, it's my family. Yeah, she's like, this is my family. And we're all family. It's like, yeah, we go to family night. Like Sunday dinner, family night. And there you have it. And Kate, you can go eat your sandwich. Yeah, I gotta, yeah. I can eat my sandwich. But you know what? A plus episode. Loved it. It was an A plus. It was episode eight. A.M. Holmes and who's the director again? Allison McLean, you said. Yeah. And, and, and next week is episode nine. And then we just have, see, nine, 10, 11, 12. We got, we have four more. Do we have 12 or 13? Oh, fuck. I don't know. We have five more. The hell's going to happen? I don't know, but I feel like everything just got really good. So I bet it's just now here we go. Everything has to tear apart. I'm just curious how it's going to get there because that I don't have a memory of. I don't. I loved it. I'm in. I like these. I like all these characters, even the ones that freak me out. I love them. That freak you out. <laughs> yeah. Like they're all like some of them aren't ideal, but I'm I'm in. To all you pockets out there, pants loves you. We love you. There is no pants without pockets. That's true. And if there are, they're, I, don't, I think they're not cute probably. And, and you can't put anything in them because let's face it, none of us carry purses. Uh, Till next week. Till next week. Love Love ya. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Menig, and Leisha Haley. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram, at the Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS. And graphics are by Love Fox. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.